0: I see the plan that Nick crawl has for the reds. And while you may be getting impatient with it, it's the right one. I'll explain why on today's locked on reds. You are locked on reds, your daily Cincinnati reds podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. You are a Locked On Reds and my name is Jeff Carr. I am one of two co-hosts here for the Locked On Reds podcast and Steve will be with us back again tomorrow. It's just you and me talking Reds today. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans though and we've turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you. If you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, watching us. Thank you so much. Uh, drop a thought in our comments section. Talking Reds is what we do. And we want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And on today's podcast, I want to look at where the roster stands because there's a quote out there by Nick Crawl that the roster is pretty much set heading into spring training. We're going to look at the context of that quote and why the context is key before we jump into that though i want to let you know this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook fanduel is the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today and where we will start today is with what Nick Crawl has been saying. The Reds caravan has been traveling around Reds country, whether you're talking about West Virginia, Indiana, Kentucky, they're spreading out. They're trying to uh, show everyone the narrative, the storyline for this Cincinnati Reds team and where they are in the process, because make no mistake about it. It's a process building a team and, and out of context, the whole idea and the quote in the inquiry from bobby nightingale uh that nick crawl said was the roster's pretty much set as we get into spring training pitchers and catchers report here in about eh, a little a little under three weeks i think i've got time right yeah about three weeks uh everybody's heading out to Goodyear. and out of context the idea that the reds roster is set is infuriating because you look at it and there's holes there's question marks there's Lots of question marks around all over the place, but we must understand where the reds are in this process to understand why Nick crawl is saying what he's saying, because with different guys out there. And I know that, you know, you you can look at the available free agents and say, well, the reds could go get this guy, or, you know, you can look at the Johnny Cueto deal and you could be like, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they go get him? That looks like that was easy to do. They have chosen time over money as the cost of team building because you pick one or the other i mean the mets they got money they can build a roster with money and make no mistake about it they've got some interesting prospects too for their future but largely they're able to build their roster through free agency and through trades the reds are saying we want to draft we want to develop we want to build the core of this team from within and the problem with that is while ownership and, and and while the pocketbooks and, the, and the, uh, the bottom line looks more favorable to them to us fans it's impatient right we're tired of the idea of really building I mean, it's hard to rebuild if you weren't ever there in the first place but the idea here is they were a playoff team in 2020 they just missed the playoffs in 2021 so they're trying to get back to being a playoff team And choosing money or choosing time over money is not an isolated idea. In fact, it's something that a very, very popular team from last season did. And we saw the fruits of their labor last year, i.e. the Cincinnati Reds of the West.
1: The way we build our team is to look over a six-year horizon. And, you know, so you mentioned club control and six years is, is roughly the length of time that you're going to have control over, you know, the youngest or least experienced player on your roster, assuming that that player doesn't get options somewhere along the line. So we're always looking in, in a, in a six-year block. And you know, part of that six-year block is, is some type of forward planning for when you're going to be able to introduce the next wave of young players. And so this is the intersection between you know, the, what we talked about a lot during our rebuild phase, you know, which was to give young players, athletic players, opportunity and watch them grow. We also want to make sure that we maintain you know, the opportunity. Because if we don't consistently inject the next wave of, of young talent, even if that wave is one or two players big, you know, it's, it's, uh, if we're not consistently conscious of introducing that, then we run the risk of, of aging out and running, you know, effectively running the, the camel into the desert floor, which we don't want to do. We're, we're all about, you know, creating something that has – Sustain value in, in our roster. And, and we have a group of young players that really give us a chance to do that.
0: That was the Seattle Mariners president of baseball operations, Jerry DePoto. And he was on with our Lockdown Mariners guys, Ty and Colby, which that's awesome that they got to talk to him. Nick Craw. hey, we'd love to talk to you here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. But uh, that's what Nick Crawl is doing. What Jerry DePoto said, the plan that the Mariners had and the plan that they continue to roll with is what the Reds are doing. And that plan, began when they called up Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson. And I know that Tyler Stevenson was up in 2020, so technically his clock started then. But really, this this the six-year plan started in 2021. And it's not to say that the six-year plan is it's going to take us six years to get to the playoffs. It's just the way that they build out their roster is looking at six years and not one year. So, for us fans, when we go into an offseason and we're just like, well, they need this. They got to get an outfielder. They got to get a starting pitcher. They got to get some bullpen help. They got to get more catchers. They got to get this, this, and this. That's not how they're looking at it. They're looking at it, especially from the Reds' perspective, because they're still in the time period. Jerry DePoto talked about back in our rebuild phase. The Reds are still in the rebuild phase of their six year plan. And this is where the young players are getting all of the opportunities that they could possibly have you have some veteran presence on the team, whether you're talking about Will Myers, uh, whether you're talking about uh, Kirk Casali behind the plate and to a much, much minor extent, Luke Weaver in, in the pitching staff, but you have some veteran presence there. But for the most part, you're focused on getting your young guys up, getting your young guys opportunities, getting your rookies, the ability To play and Nick Kroll had some basically said basically said something to that effect he was saying we have a lot of solid young players at the big league level it's just continuing to develop out of our system this is where we are and this is who we are we've got to build sustainability to have success here and I feel like a lot of folks have almost knocked that against Nick Kroll the whole sustainability quote Jerry DePoto said that same thing. And the Mariners looked like a World Series team last year, and they look like a World Series contender this year. Now they're on the fringes. You know, they're not favorites, but they're they're in that conversation. And Jerry DePoto is saying the same things that Nick Crawl is saying. But we give Nick Crawl flack because where the Reds have been has been down in the bottom for so long. And, yes, I know there's been little... Playoff appearances peppered in here, but everybody's impatient. The problem is, this is where the Reds are in terms of cost of building a team. You're talking about time over money. The teardown that the Reds went through was more because of the fact that they really didn't have much of a second, third, and fourth wave following Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson. That was something that Jerry DePoto also said in that clip from the Locked On Mariners podcast is that he was saying, you know, we wanted to make sure there are multiple waves. And every year, even now, because that really was in response to, you know, are the Mariners done adding people? And he was also saying to the fact, we want to leave spots open on the roster for young guys to come up and, and, and really get their get their bearings about them in the major leagues. That's something that the Reds had to do because when you looked at Tyler Stevenson's Jonathan India behind those guys, who else was coming up? Sure. You had Ellie de la Cruz, but think of the guys that we're talking about this year. We're talking about Brandon Williamson. We're talking about Levi Stout. We're talking about Christian Encarnacion and strand. We're talking about those guys coming up and really having an impact on this team none of them were on the roster in 2021. None of them were in the farm system then. It was all about they had to add those players through trades of guys that when they look six years down the road, when you look six years down the road from 2021, could you tell me that Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, Luis Castillo, uh, Jesse Winker, and Eugenio Suarez were all going to be on this team? No. So they had to get the value for him that they did. And yes, it sucks that we saw those guys get traded, But this was part of the plan. I see this plan. And out of context, the idea that the Reds' roster is being set right now is infuriating. But you must understand where the Reds are in this process. They're in a six year process. This year is going to be all about who they have. Because if Elliot De La Cruz comes up, sets the world on fire. If Brandon Williamson, Levi Stout come up and pitch amazingly and you, you have Hunter Green, Nicola which we're talking about Hunter Green here in a few minutes, but you have those guys and, and Graham Ashcraft and Alexis Diaz taking a step forward, then you start to fill out the holes in this roster next year. But you cannot fill the holes in the roster now without understanding who your core is. The Reds are still finding their core here in 2023. But you know what? With the ros- With the idea of the roster being set, David Bell now shoulders a heavy burden I'll tell you what that is and why he's ready for it coming up next. But first, today's sponsor for the podcast is FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in all of America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets. That's right. $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, win or lose, you're still going to get $150 in free bets. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. They've got all kinds of great things. Like whether you're talking about the money lines, the point spreads, the player props, that's, that's a given, but they also have the same game parlay and you can get a bigger payout with that. I do that all the time. In fact, uh, looking at an interesting future bet that FanDuel has, this is for the World Series New York or the field. You can bet on the Mets or the Yankees. You get the Mets or the Yankees in one bet, and the odds on that are plus 330. It's an interesting value. Or you can bet on the field at minus 440. So, literally every other team in baseball. So, do you think the Yankees or the Mets win the World Series, or do you think it's any other team? Now, the odds at minus 440 would probably say you're not going to take that bet simply because the value is not there. But if you think the Mets or the Yankees could do it, you get two teams instead of one and uh, you get that plus 30 odds. So check those odds out and more all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss out today. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more with FanDuel. They're the official sportsbook sponsor of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Speaking of sportsbooks, sports betting is now legal in Ohio, and Locked On has the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers put a few dollars in their pocket. Download and subscribe to Locked On Bets today for daily picks and analysis wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, we have another live Aloha Friday podcast, and you can check us out on YouTube at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you join in the conversation. This is all about getting to talk Reds with you, and we're going to look at some interesting statistics that caught Steve and and mine's eye about some of the most iconic Reds across history. That's coming up tomorrow on the Aloha Live Friday podcast for your Lockdown Reds, 1.30 p.m. On YouTube, we would love to see in the comment section. All right, so with the roster being mostly set heading into good year, the focus now moves to David Bell and the coaching staff getting these players ready. And, and, and when you're talking about all of the young guys, because this is probably, I, I cannot think, and, and somebody's going to correct me on this, but I have to go a long ways back to think about a spring training that is more exciting it's hard to say that spring training is exciting i know no matter who it is they're probably going to be going up against minor league talent in a lot of cases especially when you're talking about getting into the fifth the sixth the seventh the eighth inning ninth inning especially of a spring training game you're you're playing against guys that are just trying to get a little bit of major league experience and they're probably more like double a talent or something like that But there are so many young players that are going to have an impact on this Reds team over the course of this season and next season that we are going to see in this spring training. You're talking about guys that are going to get lots of opportunities because of the injuries to Nixon, Zell, and Joey Votto, who may or may not be ready by opening day, but we know for a fact they're not going to be in the first, probably first dozen spring training games at least. So you're not going to see those guys in the lineup. So you're going to see Tyler Stevenson at first. You're going to see Kirk Casale and Luke Maley catching. You're going to see probably, um, you know, some different guys in the offense, maybe Matt McClain in center field. But the idea is these guys have to be ready. And David Bell understands that because last year it was not great. Um, And he even said that, you know, he even had that as a quote on the Reds caravan. David Bell said this, we have a lot of work to do in spring training. We want opening day to feel like mid season. It's always important to get off to a good start. But I think for us, what we went through last year, it's even more important. Bravo, David Bell, for reading the room, because Lord knows Reds country cannot go through another three and 22 start. I can't do it. You can't do it. Nobody wants to do that. David Bell, the players, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see the Reds. Honestly, throughout David Bell's tenure have not been great starters. Usually their first month of the season, they're limping into action. They're like, the little engine that could before it could, you know, trying to get rolling they've got to be ready to roll on opening day and sure there were a couple of injuries that really messed with them last year to begin the season and that is why the reds overhauled the training staff in the way that they have because it kind of felt like that yes the lockout affected that but the way that spring training unraveled for this team just absolutely messed up the roster from the word go so they've they've really got to get going and and the most important thing at least from our perspective because when when we're watching spring training as fans it's it's easy to watch uh, I remember a few years ago whenever Amir Garrett struck out every batter he faced and it's really easy to say okay here we go we got the best reliever in baseball let's go no don't look at the stats look at the injury reports look at the guys who maybe maybe they're dealing with something maybe they're day to day on something are they already dealing with injury problems, because this is when they're supposed to be the most fresh and also getting into the groove of things. Just like David Bell said, they want to be in midseason form on opening day. David Bell also had this to say when he, he looked, we love the challenge of it. Talking about, you know, spring training. I love going into spring training knowing we have to outwork everyone. We have to do everything as great as we can to get off to a good start last year as much as guys tried to become a team there was so much change we didn't become a team until a month or two into the season our players tried our coaches tried but it just didn't happen looking back it's something we learned from we're going to make that a priority we have to find a way to become a team in spring training and take that into the season and and yeah I know I'm not doing my David Bell impersonation when I'm reading that quote because obviously David Bell doesn't say (laughs) words with much gusto but you can hear it not necessarily in his voice but in the words that he chose for that he gets it he understands the challenge that is in front of him and in front of the coaching staff to make sure that the Reds get off to a hot start because there's something to be said about teams that ultimately at the end of the year they're not playoff teams but They finish with 70, 75 wins or something like that. When they get off to a hot start, tease me a little bit, you know, as a fan. Remember 2019, 2019 was a tease because in June, the Reds were pretty good. June and July, you know, they were sweeping the Astros and it looked like for a second, they can make some noise and, you know, hashtag sneak on in. They didn't, but it was at least fun. Give us some fun. Last year, there was no fun because they started off 3-22. and They started off so far out of it that, yes, they fed that stupid PowerPoint presentation that Phil Castellini had for the Rosie Reds. They fed the whole mantra of, yeah, we're out of it by opening day. Don't be out of it by opening day. No matter what Phil is paying for, for the roster, come out and just light the world on fire. you know, they've got a nice opportunity to do that. They've got opening day and the opening series against the Pirates. Just get ready for that series and come out guns blazing against the team that, I mean, the Pirates could be very interesting this year. I keep saying this, and and I think that it's going to surprise some people that aren't saying it right now, but the Pirates are going to be interesting. If the Reds can be more interesting, at least early on maybe we can start talking about that 75 wins that i think that they will have and people are going to be like you know what jeff i think you're right because right now y'all thinking i'm crazy and i get it i understand it but still like david bell gets it because with the roster being mostly set heading into good year the focus moves to david bell and the coaching staff getting these players ready he understands that challenge and i'm very happy that he understands it but you know, when it comes to the players, we talked about the front office, we talked about Nick Craw, talked about David Bell. When it comes to the roster, when it comes to these players, there's one player on the roster that is the X factor in all of this. I'll tell you who and why. Coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know that in between episodes, you can follow Steve and myself on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker. There's two F's in there. You can follow me at Jeff Carr. There's three F's in that. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my Twitter handle, and you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. If this is your first time seeing the show, make sure you click subscribe and click the bell to get notified when we've got new content for you as we Head toward spring trainings. We head toward pitchers and catchers reporting. We're still on a little bit of a truncated schedule, but once those guys are in good year, we're back to five days a week. That's coming up here in just about three weeks. Looking forward to that. But as pitchers and catchers reporting, uh, there's one specific dude that I'm going to have my eye on. and I think a lot of people are going to have their eyes. I, there was a great article on MLB.com about him, and that is Hunter Green. Because Hunter green is the X factor for the Cincinnati reds. I know that you're going to say, well, you know, Ellie de la Cruz could really transform this team. I agree. I've said this. Jose Barrero figuring out could be huge. Yes, I know. I've said this. Nick Senzel, Yep. He'd be interesting too. Will Myers. Could he be a Nick Castellanos light? Absolutely. Joey Vano comeback player of the year. Sure. Hunter green is the most, the, the X factor. To this entire roster but especially the pitching staff because the pitching staff is a house of cards and he is the key card you know a house of cards can look really nice when you get it built but if you flick one card out you knock down the whole thing hunter green is the type of dude being a fireballer and and pitching the way that he is that you can kind of foresee some sort of injury risk you could foresee him missing some time because of a a different injury here or there, can he stay healthy? Can he give the Reds 30 starts this year? That's going to be so huge. And I think that if he gives the Reds 30 starts, we're going to see some phenomenal numbers. But I wonder if he can. And if he can, I think that goes a long way into my prediction of the Reds winning at least 75 games. Because without him, the Reds are super shallow on the pitching side of things. Think about this. We're we're talking about Hunter Green, Nicoladolo, and Graham Ashcraft as shoe-ins for the starting rotation. Yes, we get it. Past them, the fourth and the fifth spot, that's up for grabs. And if the fourth and the fifth spot going into camp are up for grabs, and you could just about say that everybody who is competing for those two spots has an equal chance of making it, then that means if any one of those three guys go down, then you're talking about three rotation spots that are question marks and hunter green of those three just based on the fact that he relies so heavily on a high velocity fastball it makes you wonder how much that elbow can hold up and he's already had tommy john so i think that you know there's some strength there they talk about tommy john surgery lasts for x amount of time like you can you could basically count on that elbow for x amount of time what about the shoulder? What about the rest of his delivery? How it all sets up his mechanics. He seems to have pretty repeatable and pretty good mechanics, but if something flies off wrong, he's probably going to get hurt. And that's where you have to have a little bit of caution, but also taking that next step. We talk about Hunter Green all the time and, and how he has to improve this or do this or add this or tweak this to be that pitcher that we think he can be. Because I still believe that he could be one of the best pitchers in the game. And he definitely has to show a couple of things to get there, but he can do it in taking that next step. Can he stay healthy? And can he add something to his game? Because if he does that, this team falls into place. The rest of this team just works. I have no qualms about Nick Lodolo and and, and health. I I think he's going to be fine. I have no qualms. I, I, I don't really have that many qualms about Graham Ashcraft. I've heard some reports that, You know, he might be in that same category with Hunter Green as a possible injury risk, but if these guys are healthy, the rotation depth falls into place because then you give the opportunity for Brandon Williamson, for Levi Stout, for Justin Dunn, for Luis Sessa, for whoever, for Luke Weaver, for whoever is going to fill out the last two rotation spots. You give them that opportunity to do that, and you could possibly add in a sixth guy to keep everybody more fresh. But one guy goes down, there is not any sort of depth that you can count on. We're going to be talking about if Hunter Green goes down for an extended period of time, then you're talking about a Chase Anderson type move. I don't think that the Reds bring in Chase Anderson again, but you're talking about a guy that they have to go find off of waivers to fill a rotation spot. How well did that work out last year? Count on like two or three hands or two or three hands, two or three fingers the, uh, the number of starts that were good by guys like that. So I, I think that when you look at the roster overall, the roster that is mostly set, the roster that David Bell has to get ready here in spring train has to get everybody well, you know, stretched out and warmed up and ready to go be in mid season form by opening day for that, the roster's X factor is Hunter green. And I'd be interested to know what you think about that because I, I just look at this and I say, the pitching staff is a house of cards and you knock out Hunter Green's card, the entire thing's going to fall. But if he can stay there, if he can stay steady, I think this team as a whole can stay steady. But that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked On Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we've got an, another Aloha Friday. Another Aloha Friday. I made that all like one word. I'll try that again. We have another Aloha friday live podcast on youtube at 1 30 p.m eastern time make sure you join us right back here on the lockdown reds youtube page because we want to hear from you as we look at some interesting statistics that caught our eye about some of the most iconic cincinnati reds that's right we don't do it very often but we're going to talk a little pete rose on tomorrow's podcast so Make sure you join us. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcast, just like Locked On Reds. As we head toward pitchers and catchers reporting, you can bet that we will be Locked On Reds every single day.